The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He takes away every branch in me that does not bear fruit, and every one that does, he prunes so that it bears more fruit. You are already pruned because of the word that I spoke to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit on its own unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit, because without me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me will be thrown out like a branch and wither. People will gather them and throw them into a fire, and they will be burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you want, and it will be done for you. By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Today in our second reading, the Lord invites us through the words of St. John to ensure that what we say is also what we do. And basically that we are people of integrity, that we not only talk the talk, but walk the walk, as they say. And it's important for us as Christians to do this, because if not, Christianity becomes a mockery. Christianity becomes empty, lifeless, something the world looks at and and kind of, you know, oh, that's cute, kind of pats us on the head and sends us along because our message has no power. Whenever we preach the gospel but don't actually live the gospel, it becomes useless. It becomes just simply another way of telling people to be nice, making up a God to enforce the rules for us in a sense. So it's important for us to be able to ensure that we walk as Christ walked. To be able to do the things that Christ did, not simply to say the things that he said. It's easy for us to say the things that he said. It's easy for us sometimes to critique others whenever they fall short. It makes it easier for me to not talk about myself and think about myself and my own shortcomings when I focus upon someone else rather than me. And ultimately, we can have all kinds of input on the things of faith, but unless it actually sinks in and changes our heart... It's not really doing much good. We can read the scripture continuously and we can talk about holy things and we can listen to holy things and read holy books. But if we don't live a holy life, every bit of us is in vain. It's wasted time and effort. And so the Lord calls us to make sure that we don't simply love in words, but we love in deeds. That we love in truth. I was reflecting upon that. This week, in preparation for this uh, for this Sunday's homily, when I encountered a moment where I realized that I wasn't exactly living as I'm supposed to, I could give you a hundred examples of why, but I'll give you one easy one. I'll give you a softball pitch, uh, of a, kind of a, 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 nice, a nice lob uh, tossed at you to be able to uh, to reflect upon, and it was the the standard example of the homeless person at the red light. 
every one of us, I think, has experienced someone uh, in that particular situation at some time or another. So I was at Baton Rouge, and I drove up to the light. I was getting off the interstate, and I pulled off, and there was uh, a gentleman uh, at the light with his, his standard sign, uh, need help, you know, hungry, please, anything will help, God bless, etc. And there were two cars ahead of me, and the, st- <laughs> and the light was red. And so... The light being red, I said, well, as soon as the light turns green, you know, I, I, you know, judging from how the traffic's flowing, I don't think I'll be able to, to give him anything, so I wasn't worried about it. I, I, didn't, I didn't reach in my pocket to try to get a dollar bill or anything. And so I just said, okay, by the time the light turns green, he won't have made it to me, so I don't have to feel bad. Because I, you know, I need to go. I need, to, I need to, to go and not hold up traffic, as if holding up traffic is my goal in life. So, but in the name of not stopping and inconveniencing myself, I got to rely upon the traffic as my backup. That story fell short when the light turned green and the car in front of me drove up to the man and stopped, rolled down the window, and handed him a couple of dollars. Then they kept forward. And in my head, I was like, well, well, now I definitely can't stop because this person stopped and messes up traffic already, you know, and, and the light only is green for so long and, 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 you know, so forth. And so, again, basically using the light cycle as my, as my way of not having to be Christ-like to someone, not having to show charity, uh, being able to allow my heart to be cold, hard, um, and be content about it, to not feel bad. Went so far without even realizing, without even thinking it about trying to rationalize why the person in front of me actually stopped. What were their intentions? What was their motivation? And then to be able to critique their motivation. I didn't even know who it was. I have no idea what their motivation was. But I knew in my mind it probably wasn't positive. Made me feel better about myself for not stopping. At least I was honest, huh? They're giving false into, you know, false reasons for stopping. I at least was just honest and cold-hearted and drove right by. Trying to make myself feel better. Again, all of this happened in the course of about 15 seconds. And as I was in prayer later on that evening and reflecting on the scriptures, the Lord, in no, in no gentle way, he's often not gentle because I'm rather hard-headed. He said, Brent, all of those things, <laughs> those are really, really convenient excuses for you. They cover up one simple reality. You didn't want to show him love. You had made a judgment in your heart already. You were already hard of heart. You didn't want to open your heart to him. You didn't want to trust. You didn't want to have faith. You didn't want to have charity. So you didn't. And you chose that. And that needs to change. It was a simple recognition that within me, there are pieces that are still not exactly like Christ. That I can stand up here every Sunday, every day, in fact, and preach about the gospel. I can talk about the things of God. I can talk about what to do and what not to do and what to say, what not to say, how to pray, how to grow in life of faith. But in the end, ultimately, you're listening to someone who still doesn't exactly have it right. This is what the Lord gives to us. Taking my cue from the gospel, it was a reflection that the Lord comes to me and he says, Brent... You're part of the vine. You're a branch, certainly. You have my life in you. We share the same sap. But the simple reality is, Brent, there are parts of you that are not bearing fruit, and they need to be pruned. There are parts of you that do not have my life in them, and they need to be taken care of. 
There are things where you say one thing and do another, and this is not like Christ. To talk the talk and to walk the walk is to be like Christ. To do what I say and what I do. Rather than to be as Christ described the Pharisees and the hypocrites of his day, he says, do what they say because they have the authority, but do not follow their cues and their directions of the way they live. Christ is the opposite. We follow his words and his deeds. And St. John encourages us to make sure that we're doing both. To draw close to Christ and allow him to prune us. To take those little pieces in the course of our life, those little places that show a hardness of heart, a lack of love, an unwillingness to inconvenience oneself for somebody else, a selfishness. And to take all of these things, and the Lord comes and he wants to prune them from us, to clip them off, that new, fright, new, new fruit might be able to grow. This is the call of the gospel. And it should not be a scary thing for us. It can be difficult because, again, a lot of the habits, the mindsets, the things that we do are ingrained in us. They, they, they become habits. They become our normal mode of thinking. But Christ comes and points out that they are fruitless. It's an invitation for us to trust in Christ, is what we hear in the gospel. That the Father is the vine dresser. The Father who created us out of love and sustains us out of love and sent his Son to die on the cross for love of us. It's that same Father who comes to prune us. And he knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows exactly how far to prune and how far is too far. He knows how much is just enough. He knows where we need to change, where we can change, and sometimes where we won't change. And he responds to us. Not simply for himself, but for us and for others too. He comes to make us fruitful, that others might be able to receive the fruit of our life. Because ultimately, as Christians, that's one of the greatest things that we're called to do, is to bear fruit. We're supposed to reproduce in a certain sense as Christians. If our life is fruitless, there will be no fruits from us later. There will be no one else to come after us that says, the reason I am a Christian, the reason I've come alive in my faith is because of that Christian there. If we don't bear fruits in our life, no one will say that of us. And that's the goal of being a Christian, to go forth and to make disciples, to spread the good news of Christ, to spread the gospel and the joy of knowing Jesus. So our reflection this week is a simple one. Where's the branches that need to be pruned? Where are the little things in the course of our day? It doesn't have to be great things. The smallest of things. A little piece of a branch that needs to be pruned. That new life might be able to come. That fruit might be able to grow. That others might be able to receive of the goodness of our faith. And be nourished in theirs as well. We ask the Lord Jesus to draw close to us in this holy mass and help us to trust in the hands of the Father. To trust that the Father knows everything that we need and more. He knows everything about us. That we might be able to place our trust in Him. That when the pruning time comes, we might be able to say yes because we know it is for our good.